It may be the football offseason, but recruiting never stops. What's the latest with Tennessee football recruiting? As we head into the summer months, that is what you have to look forward to here on a Tuesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you being an everydayer, making Locked On Balls your first listen. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. At underscore Kaner. That's where you can find me on Twitter, at Locked On Balls as well. Appreciate you guys subscribing to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel and finding it wherever you get your podcasts. Going to talk about a Tennessee recruiting here today, and I want to bring on my guy, Matt Ray, a colleague over at VolQuest.com. To do just that, Matt, appreciate you joining us, man. Eric, what's up, man? All right, Matt, so tell us right now, at the time of this recording, everybody listening knows right now I'm out of town, so I pre-recorded a lot of this stuff. But at the time of this recording, Tennessee has 11 commits, a pretty pretty decent class of four-star prospects and some really nice complimentary uh, high-end three-star prospects. Uh, Tennessee is top 10 at number 9 at the time of this recording uh, for the 2024 industry rankings over at On3. What do you like about this class and, and what still needs to happen? Yeah, you know, I think early, again, in this class, you see Tennessee trusting some evaluations on some guys. And I like that a lot because I think I think historically, not just at Tennessee, but other coaching staffs have got lost in, in the star ratings. And, and this staff has trusted their evalu- evaluations and seen them pay off. Look back to a guy like Nathan Laycock last year. We've talked about him on the show here before. But, you know, just a guy like Jeremiah's Hurd. Like, let's start there. The lowest-ranked guy in the class currently just has some things that nobody else in the class is going to have, right? I mean, six, a legitimate six-foot-eight, um, 295 pounds. I don't think there's any fat on the kid anywhere. Um, he's raw. He's only been playing football for a year. Just started last July. So there's a real chance that he has a, a lot of growth left ahead of him. And I think that's what you see when you look at Tennessee. They look at the basketball background. So I, I like that you take a guy like that, you know, early on. Um, I like, again, for Tennessee in this class that you're able to lock down arguably your top signal caller on the board, you know, from the jump. You know, I think Jake Merklinger was a guy that they honed in on coming out of the winter. They, you know, they evaluate some guys. But you get your guy at quarterback again. And that's important to Josh Heupel and Joey Halsley. And, you know, you're getting a guy that is obviously willing to come here and compete. Those questions were out there about Jake Merklinger, um, you know, during the winter. Is he willing to come here with Nico already on the roster? Would he rather go somewhere else where he has a chance to maybe step in more immediately? He came to Knoxville. He watched Nico throw. He watched Nico practice. He watched Tennessee practice. He went home and said, I'm ready to be a ball. Uh, so, you know, I think to get a guy like that in your class – that you can build around is another thing to really lock in this go around for Tennessee. Um, and then, you know, looking elsewhere, I think they've done a good job in state, you know, kind of early hitting on Caleb Beasley and hitting on Marcus Gorey, hitting on Jesse Perry so far. Uh, the, those three guys, you know, I think are really nice additions to this Tennessee class. So uh, off to a good start, but busy months ahead. Jake Merklinger, how much is he taking on the role of I'm going to be the straw of this class? I'm going to stir everything up. I'm going to I'm going to peer recruits. Uh, somebody's got to do it in every single class. You saw Nico, of course, do it last year, as well as Caleb Herring, 
Um, yeah. How's Merklinger in that role, um, or is it somebody else in that role? No, I think it is Jake Merklinger in that role. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's tough for him and a lot of things. He's a guy that he just won the the Ashley Daring Award in Savannah as being the you know most versatile. I think is how it was laid out. Most versatile male athlete in, in the area there. So he does a lot of different things. I mean, plays football, basketball, um, does all sorts of things in the off season. But for him, you know, he's taking an active role on social media. He's reaching out to guys. He's talking to guys. He's planning, hoping to be back in town um, later this month when Tennessee will host uh, a big weekend of unofficial visitors to close out May. And I think that's going to be important for him. I feel like if you're, if you're that guy, you have to be here for that weekend. Yeah, you know, so so that's important for him to be here, in my opinion. Um, he, he's working things around. But when, when I last talked to him, the plan was to be here for that. And I think it's important for a lot of different things. Yeah, you can, you can reach out to guys and say, hey, you know, let's team up. You can comment under their tweets or their Instagram posts or whatever you want on that front. But – the last time Jake Merklinger was here, Tennessee had a big recruiting weekend that weekend. He was not committed at that point. So now he can say, hey, look, two months ago I was in your shoes. This is what I saw here. You know, he can answer questions to guys that are looking at a position and saying, man, that might be a little stacked up. He's a guy that you can take now and say, hey, I believe so much in this staff that I'm willing to come here, put in the time, and when I get my shot, I get my shot. So I think that's another selling point with Jake Merklinger, and I do expect him to be in town that last weekend of May as things stand right now. So Merklinger committed a couple uh, couple months ago now, it feels like at least. He's quarterback of this class. Uh, one of Tennessee's latest commitments, four-star edge from Missouri. Tennessee having great success in the state of Missouri. Kellen Lindstrom, uh, top two on 300 player, top 250 it looks like. A uh, really nice prospect, six foot six, about two forty. And, and Matt, I feel like—correct me if I'm wrong—but he's a little bit more different than your average edge. When you think edge, you think of all right, pass rusher, pass rusher. Sure, he can do that, but he's more—I uh, don't want to say all around. I don't want to say his strength is against the run, but he's very good against the run. Yeah, he, he's very good against the run. He, he fits well, you know, in what they're trying to do there at Glendale, and a really nice addition for Tennessee. They're trying to you know, bring in several show-me balls this time around. Um, so uh, for Lindstrom, uh, I think the continued evolution will be as a pass rusher. Um, and when you look at the way Tennessee stacked that room up, I think it's different because James Pierce, you knew what you were getting with him, that explosive first step, the ability to bend and get after the quarterback. Josh Josephs, Caleb Herring, a lot of those same things. They needed to add some weight ahead of getting to uh, once they got to campus and you know work on being better in that run fit. Lindstrom is 6'6", 240 already. You know he he's violent with his hands, but his motor, I think, his ability to track down plays in the run game and to the other side of the field, and then even in the outside, you know, passing him in the screen game, his ability to flow, I, I think that's different for him. He's a guy that. Can has a lot of edge qualities, but can do it while his hands in the dirt. Now, will he? Do they like him as a Leo, or is it just kind of to be determined? I guess. I think I think you'll see him more on the strong side there, but I think okay. it can be determined. I think he can do a lot of things standing up too. He's an athletic kid. 
Okay, good deal. Hey, we'll get more of Tennessee recruiting. What's this class look like? A uh, really uh, nice workout uh, down in the Clinton area a couple of weeks ago. Matt was on hand for that. We'll get his thoughts on that. And a whole lot more coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. But I want to remind you guys about the NBA playoffs. It's continuing to go on right now, and there's no greater place to put some coin in that pocket near the NBA playoffs over then at FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, no sweat. First bet up to $1,000. That's right. $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They have incredible promotions over at FanDuel Sportsbook each and every day. It's all played on the safe and secure app where you can get paid instantly for your winning. So if you go out there and you you know, hit that over on the total or whatever the case may be. You don't have to wait for a week or 10 days or whatever to get your money back. It's instantly, again, on the safe, secure, and easy-to-use app. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than over at America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. We got Matt Ray on. He's Matt underscore Ray underscore. Uh, we're chatting Tennessee football recruiting here as we head into the, the middle, I guess, of uh, the, the month of May. Hey, hey, Matt, not this past weekend, but I guess it was the weekend before last. Uh, a really nice workout for the Tennessee Select 7-on-17 seven seven that came you know, kind of near the, uh, the Knoxville area, held a workout. Uh, you were over there watching that workout, talked to a bunch of those guys. Kind of what went on? Who highlighted the day? Yeah, you know, Tennessee Select continues to have a a great crop of talent year in, year out. And you know, we've shared articles throughout the week over at VolQuest that you definitely need to check out on some of the upcoming names in, in the state. But it starts with George McIntyre, right? I mean, the, the 2025 quarterback going to be the guy that Tennessee most likely pushes their chips in on in that class. Um, you know, having a chance to see him throw, see some of the things that he can do. Uh, if efficient, accurate passer, um, really confident, you know. Uh, so it's just good to see him work out in, you know, a somewhat limited capacity. Throw into another, you know, name to know in the 2025 class. Um, one of the highest rated prospects in the on 300 already, uh, Cameron Sparks, a guy that can do a ton of different things. Um, play wide receiver, can play tight end, can play safety. Could come down and play linebacker if he needed to, uh, and a phenomenal kid. He worked, he worked at wide receiver, and you can see for, for Cam his growth, you know, from even the end of last season where he helped Baylor to a state championship to, um, you know, going into his junior season working through spring at Baylor now. Um, he, he's still learning that receiver position, but it's starting to become more natural to him. He's a big, big athlete that can get in and out of breaks, and you're starting to see that. Um, I think the guy that surprised me the most throughout the day was Jarevious Hall, um, defensive lineman from Columbia Central. Phenomenal feet, um, phenomenal balance, just able to move really, really well for his size. Um, a guy that's, you know, 6'2", 275 going into his junior year, has plenty of time to keep growing, um, but very, very athletic for his size, has a basketball background. Um, I think, to me, he stood out during the, you know, workout there. He was just a guy that every time he went through, the the folks standing, you know, nearby, uh, you know, the coaches were, you know, eyes kind of got wide as as he went through his drills because he, he did things really, really well and was very in tune with what they were doing. And, and so many young 
prospects that are coming, you know, into their own right. 2026 guys that, that look like they're upperclassmen in high school, right? I mean, Easton Joyner, um, Easton Joyner and uh, Tracius Otay, you know, guys that have a really, really bright future ahead of them. Jaden McClure, um, you know, those three guys are going to be big-time football players. Now, Joyner is from the state of Kentucky, but he plays for um, Tennessee Select 77. So all those guys are, are definitely names to know from that day. Feels like Cameron Sparks. I mean, he is still just a 2025, but he's been making trips up to Tennessee, you know, since his – a freshman season, right? Yeah. And and so we've heard that name so long and you've you've been around recruiting long enough and, and scouting and all that. Where, where do you think his best fit might be if he if he came to Tennessee? Is it on the offensive side? Is it on the defensive side? Is can he put those best abilities and that explosion and all that type of stuff as a wide receiver or is his future on defense? Kind of what do you see with Sparks? Uh, man, he's so interesting. I really think the guy could line up and play inside linebacker right now if you wanted him to. I think he could play at safety. I think he could do a lot of different things. I think personally that he can make some money on the edge as a big physical possession type receiver that, you know, is able to work against smaller cornerbacks and have success. Um, but, you know, again, he, he's got to continue to learn the position and continue to grow. And I think he will at Baylor um, going into year two there under Eric Kimry. So, you know, for me with Cameron Sparks, I, I don't worry so much about the fit. I, I want to see him take that next step in terms of aggressiveness. Understanding that he has that it factor already, now go apply it. That, that's what I want to see from Cameron Sparks. I think that's the next evolution for him. And when and that your... happens, when that happens, I think he finds his. I think he finds his positional fit. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, a name that you've already mentioned and kind of talking about it, but a guy that was at this workout, George McIntyre from the mid states. Uh, I remember when he came up and camped. Uh, I guess it was last year. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee really enjoyed him during that June camp. Offered him about two months later in the month of August, and then they've already kind of been prioritizing him. And I said that they're. You know, when the time comes, they'll kind of put all their chips maybe in, and, and he'll be their quarterback. And, I mean, honestly, the last two cycles, the, the the one that they were dead set on is the one they got, you know, Nico and, and Jake Merklinger. But George McIntyre is interesting, right? I mean, he's his grandfather used to coach at Vanderbilt. Um, he's, you know, picked up a ton of Power 5 interest from around the SEC, from the ACC. Um, it, it's it's not necessarily a quarterback that you would think, you know, could be in this, in this offense per se, but this offense adapts to the quarterback that they wants back there. That's something that, that's the number one thing that I think Joey Halsey said when, you know, he met with the media after being hired, you know, back in 2021, it was like, Hey, we, we take the strengths of the guy that's, you know, playing quarterback and, you know, we let it, we've had mobile quarterbacks, we've had pocket quarterbacks and all that type of stuff in the system. But, you know, for George McIntyre, who else is in it right now that Tennessee's going to have to try to fend off when they do make that move uh, in the next, you know, couple months, I guess. Man, he's got a who's who offer list. I mean, Georgia most recently entered Alabama's in there. Like you mentioned, his, um, you know, dad was – or his grandfather was the head coach at Vanderbilt. His uncle's head coach at Florida International. Now, I don't think Georgia's going to Florida International or anything like that, but I think – The hat you know, could be on the table maybe for publicity. I think he has a unique perspective with the recruiting process, given the fact that his uncle is the head coach of Florida International and that his grandfather was the head coach of Vanderbilt. You know, a while back, I think he has resources that allow him to navigate the process differently than others. 
Um, but, you know, I, I really think it's going to be interesting to see. And, and that's something he's working toward. Um, that's something he told Austin when they spoke after the workout that he was working towards is he, he has those schools that he thinks are definites that are going to be favorites for him. Now he wants to start focusing on them. So I'm interested to see where that focus really is as he starts getting out again, you know, in the summer and in the fall. On three industry rankings, says George McIntyre as the 12th prospect in the class, the second quarterback, the number one player in the state of Tennessee for the class of 2025. Certainly a uh, a big time prospect, uh, not for the class currently 2024 that you're after, but you know 2025, and it's never too early to start you know recruiting those 25s and obviously those 26s. Um, obviously you've you've mentioned the, the the premier event. You know last year the the Rocky Top of Palooza is what it was called primarily focus on the class of 23s there were a couple of 24s there is that kind of what's going to happen here in a couple of weeks that yeah. this will be more on 23s with maybe a couple or 24s maybe with a couple 25 yeah you know, i mean early early right now that's what i'm hearing more of is you know a focus on 24s um you know if the right group of 25s wanted to come there yeah i think you would obviously have them up but right now you know it's been more around the the 2024s that are going to be there and it's you know early you know, early returns suggest it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, and that might be a weekend to where there might not be any commits coming out that day, but you and I both sat there, and I'm pretty sure we watched a verbal commit happen last year with John Slaughter. I mean, there were, there yeah. were a couple guys that pulled the trigger that day that announced later on. Yeah, I mean, that that day last year, and don't get me wrong, they, they finished, you know, official visits off in June and, and helped close out a lot of those deals, but yeah. – um, that day last year really laid the foundation of that class. Yep, no doubt it did. All right, uh, more Tennessee recruiting. We'll look at this class and conclude our conversation with Matt Ray, my colleague over at VolQuest.com. That's what you had to look forward to as this Tuesday edition of the show rolls on. Whole lot of recruiting talk, whole lot of recruiting chatter here on Locked on Vols today. And uh, Matt Ray is, is kind enough to hang out with me uh, here on a Tuesday, um, we we spoke a little bit about kind of where this class stands for class of 2024. Uh, we discussed a, a workout from Tennessee's seven on seven team, uh, Tennessee Select uh, seven on seven team that was in town a couple weeks ago when you were on hand. I do want to ask about a couple of current commits. JJ Harrell put out a tweet last week that had everybody up in arms, pretty much saying, "Hey, my recruitment's 100% open." Uh, kind of what do you take about that? Is Tennessee still in good position with commits? JJ Harrell. You know, so, I mean, I talked to J.J. Harrell the night that that came out, and uh, he knew immediately, you know, what I was reaching out about. And, um, you know, Sam Spiegelman, you know, posted an article over in the General's Quarters that kind of echoed what J.J. told me. Um, in life, you get, you know, two things you rarely get a lot of is time and choices. And, you know, he wants, wants to make sure that he's making the most of the process that he's earned. And I do think that's the way that he feels. Um, you know, I do think he feels like he is firmly committed to Tennessee, but he also feels like he has the right to entertain other schools. Um, you know, with that, you know, I, I think it creates an interesting dynamic. T Tennessee's recruiting a lot of receivers, but I think J.J. Harrell has been and is still – you know, going to be until the end a top guy for them. He can do a lot of things that they covet, and, and they want J.J. Harrell in this class. Um, but Ole Miss and others have worked, you know, to get into this. We'll see if he ends up taking visits. One thing, you know, that he told me that night that I spoke with him was that he didn't have any visits planned. He was just enjoying the process through Twitter, 
having some fun. Um, but then he told Sammy he was going to take visits. So we'll see if he ends up taking visits in the month of June. Right now, the only thing on the docket is an official visit back to Tennessee, um, June 23rd, which is going to be the big official visit weekend for the Vols. So, I mean, that's a good you know indicator right now, um, in my opinion. At the same time, you know, just because of that tweet, Tennessee knew they were going to have to continue recruiting a guy like J.J. Harrell. Um, at one point, I thought he was going to commit to Tennessee earlier than he did. Um, I really thought when he left in January that he was going to pull the trigger to Tennessee. And then a couple of other schools offered. Georgia offered. Alabama offered. Alabama helped, you know, got him to hold off. And then he went through with pulling the trigger. He has a stronger relationship with Kelsey Pope. And I think that's something that will factor in. Um, he's got ties to Ole Miss. And his 7v7 coaches played there. Uh, Ole Miss was late to recruiting him, you know, the first time around before, you know, before his commitment. Maybe that's something that doesn't matter. You know, we'll see. I, I want to see if he does get out anywhere other than Tennessee um, once official visits do start. And then what about another one? Jonathan Eccles, he's been committed to Tennessee for, you know, almost a year now. He's, um, he's He was the first one in this class. He's the highly rated four-star prospect to tight end from IMG Academy. And, um, you know, he's always been one of those when you commit that early – Again, you, you got to keep going, keep going. It's it's super hard to hold on to those commits, but he's been in this class. He came back to Tennessee uh, in the spring and, and you know, was getting to know Al Gablin and all that. Uh, kind of where does Tennessee stand with Jonathan Eccles right now? You know, that visit in the spring, I think, was important for Jonathan Eccles, um, for him to get that FaceTime with Alec Ablin even more, and it solidified some things. Um, you know, Jonathan Eccles is a quiet kid. Um, um he doesn't, he doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. That's just who he is. Um, but I, I still feel like Tennessee's in an okay spot with Jonathan Eccles, but there's always going to be work to do with a guy like that. Um, Florida, Florida's a school pushing the hardest right now. And, you know, they're they're relying on some connections of their own. Jonathan Eccles is normally a Hurd County, Georgia kid, right? He's from down in Hurd County, but he's at IMG. So Florida's using that to their benefit. Um he has uh, some family that plays on the softball team at Florida. So they, they frequently, you know, go over and, and watch her play. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, you know, there's a strong belief inside of his camp about the direction that Tennessee's offense is headed, the direction it's headed um, at the tight end position and the culture around that program. And I think that, you know, still has Tennessee sitting in a good position for Jonathan Eccles right now. Um, you know, he, he recently told – on three that he was most likely going to take an official visit to Florida at some point. But that's something that Jonathan maintained dating all the way back to last July. I spoke with him prior to his commitment. We talked about it. I asked him at the time, I said, now that you've made this commitment, I said, you know, you have to understand surely that other schools aren't going to quit coming for you. And he said, no, you know, I understand that. I'm going to work through the process. I probably will take some official visits along the way to make sure that you know, I get this decision right. So I, that's not something that's been unexpected for him. It's just been the length of time, you know, maybe fades some of that away. Matt, for the first time um, since Heupel's been here, I mean, obviously it couldn't happen for this past season, but like, you're are you are you starting to see the results of the 11-1 season back in the fall? M maybe not in terms of commitments, but just the elite pool of players you're you're drawing from now is that more of the result of what happened last year uh, than anything I, I feel like it is yeah I think that's I think that's got a lot to do with it 
I mean, man, you have so many guys that you're in on that are so good right now. I mean, they're just elite prospects um, that I don't think before last season, yeah, you, you could have held their interest, maybe made their, you know, top 10 graphic at some point in the winter and then, it fades away to, you know, three or four schools. Now I think when it fades away to three or four schools, Tennessee's in for the majority of those guys. And, I mean, no. Williams Wanary, Ron Wingo, Mike Matthews, Cam Franklin. I mean, those those four guys right there alone, you know, Tennessee's in that core group for them, and I think they are until the end. And that's as impressive a grouping of talent as there's Jaden Riddell. You know, it's, it's Tennessee and Georgia at the top for him in the field, in my opinion. So, just uh, I think it is a product of the 11-win season, um, you know, and I think there's some frustration out there for folks is, you know, you see Tennessee battling, you know, a Georgia for a wide receiver. Well, why would you, you know, want to go to Georgia when they just throw to the tight end? You know, why, why does Tennessee have to, you know – prove it after having two wide receivers drafted. And I think that's just a product of the machine that Kirby Smart's built at Georgia. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're coming off back-to-back national champions, national championships. They're favored to win a third. Kids want to be a part of something like that, you know. And you, you're told that that evolution is to continue to open the offense up. So, you know, I think Tennessee is in a really good spot after an 11-win season. Matt, great stuff as always. Doing awesome work over there with us at VolQuest. And uh, like, like you said earlier, there's uh, tons and tons and tons of recruiting content from this past week on into the weekend. And uh, with the big recruiting event coming up at the end of the month with official visits happening in June, uh, you know, summer is big time for recruiting now with this current calendar. And uh, Matt is definitely a guy that you guys want to pay attention to. He's at Matt underscore Ray underscore. Uh, Matt, as always, buddy, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Again, that is MattRayVolQuest.com. Appreciate you guys for hanging out with us here today and talking a little Tennessee recruiting here on Locked On Vols. The Volunteers are top 10 in the country at the time of this recording at number 9 with 11 commits, and uh, that will change. Uh, It might change by the time you hear this, but uh, that is how recruiting works uh, in the era of 2023. Uh, 2022 and 2023 for sure. Appreciate you guys as always. Shout out every dayers. We'll see you back here tomorrow. This is Locked on Balls.